The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from inside the crown of the Statue of Liberty, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. The Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Pachak, episode 280. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me on the show is Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Hi, Louis. Good to be here. It's nice to get over to America once in a while, and uh, <laughs> I have to come and see the statue, of course. Well, we're always happy to have you here. So, uh, so welcome once again, and welcome to this is episode two eighty of Doctor Who Pachak. Before we go into our review, is there any late breaking Doctor Who news that we need to cover without getting into any spoily, you know, material? Well, because we only because we didn't do the spoiler alert, but we're assuming you've seen this episode. But okay, I'm, let's let me just be quiet and <laughs> ask you, Dave, if there's any anything new that we should um, news wise that we should. Um, discuss uh, not really uh related to this episode our doctor in general other than the fact of course we have the long wait now until the christmas episode itself yeah well it's it'll be here before you know it <laughs> i promised a uh well i'm not going to get into it but i i promised a, a friend a favor for for october 1st and i got a reminder about it today and it's tomorrow i'm like no it's not it's in october and um, yeah, tomorrow's October already. So, so if that's the case, okay. Spoiler alert! This means um, from henceforward, anything um, after this show will con- may contain spoilers for the latest episode of Doctor Who Pachak. Uh, the latest episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Let's get my shows correct. Um, which is a. Uh, the Muppets take Manhattan. No, 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 no. It's the angels. The angels take Manhattan. I, I figured, um, let me get that out of the way before I make the mistake later on. Though I may still do it. <laughs> That's it's the, nice to be on with somebody else who makes mistakes. Oh, I make I a living making right mistakes. Yeah. It, life wouldn't be so, you know, it's mistakes are proof that you're trying. I don't know. Whatever. It's, uh, you know, a lot, you know, the only way to be successful is to make mistakes. So um, that's that's my um, little thought of the day. So, yeah, it's it's the end of September. We're almost in October and I can't believe where, you know, the year's going. And we're already in the mid season or mid series of Doctor Who. Now we've come to a close with this latest episode. Uh, which is the um, the angels take Manhattan, and 
It's um, directed by Nick Haran and written by Stephen Moffat. And now, if you've been listening to Doctor Who Pachak for the past few episodes since we've been re, uh, reviewing the, the latest episodes, you would know that I had said many times that I try to go into these episodes, these new episodes, with uh, level expectations. In other words, not low or high expectations, just keeping it as neutral as possible and not um, expecting anything or, and keeping it away from spoilers. So, um, you know, and, and henceforth, it's just been very kind of a middle-of-the-road series for me. It's um, not, not too many highs or too many lows. Uh, but now for this one, obviously... Uh, with the title and the previews that we saw of it, the, the, it was impossible for me to not to have any expectations because I knew that the angels would be back, the weeping angels, and I knew that the ponds are, you know, this would be their farewell. So, and I'm a bit, n- not that I dislike the weeping angels, but I just think they're, I'm, I'm a bit tired of them. They, they, I think there's only so much you can do with them, um, so much that we can learn from them. They, they're only so deep, you know, um, Obviously, they, they don't have any dialogue or anything like that. So it's not, you know, there's only so much you can do with the Weeping Angels. So I really wasn't that terribly looking forward to seeing them again. Um, again, not that I hate them. I just don't think that there's much to them. And also the Pons, as much as I like, you know, Amy and Rory, I've had my fill of them as well. And, you know, and, and again, I like the, both of their characters and, and the actor and actresses that, that portray them. But it's just, I think, you know... I knew that this was their farewell and, and I wasn't, you know, I was kind of pleased that this would be finally, we'll be finally saying goodbye to them and seeing the 11th Doctor with someone else, you know, and interacting in, in a different way. Um, you know, because every time you change the companions, you change the chemistry of the show because the Doctor is, um, you know, is is one constant and even the Doctor changes with each regeneration. And then, um, you know, it's interesting seeing them play off different companions and and you know when if it's a one companion or two companions you know it makes a difference so so i kind of had lower expectations going into this you know so even though i i tried to keep it level and all that i you know i wasn't really on the on the edge of my seat looking forward to this episode now that said that might have made a difference because i actually enjoyed this episode um more than I had thought going into it, maybe because I had lower expectations. So this is one of the fir- I think, um, as I said with the other episodes of the se- of the series so far, it was sort of um, I went in there and watched it, and it was sort of in the, the the my likeness needle was in the middle, and maybe on the second viewing it went up a little, but watching it the first time was always pretty much in the middle. Now this time watching it for the first time, I actually you know, peaked up a bit. So, um, so that was good, you know, and, um, and, and speaking of watching this for the first time, you, this is one of the few episodes, not the only, but one of the few episodes of Doctor Who that has a opening teaser that doesn't contain any of the cast members. So, uh, you know, if you didn't know better, you might question what you were watching because there's no TARDIS, there's no doctor, there's no companions, uh, before the beginning credits. So in that opening teaser, and it was a rather long teaser too. It was about five minutes and 40 seconds, uh, give or take. Um, so it was, you know, you, you would watch it and, and again, you know, obviously we knew what it was, but it, it's, it's one of those few, you know, it happens once in, once in a while with Doctor Who where you get these opening teasers that have nothing to do with the cast. Um, and eventually it, it's revealed, you know, what's going on. 
it had a very film noir type of feel to it, which I I liked. Um, you had um, the, the the opening. I, we, you know, we've been saying this that each episode is has a customized Doctor Who logo in the opening credits. So you know, like um, dinosaurs on a spaceship had, I think, like scales, and the first one um, had Dalek bumps. <laughs> So, uh, so I was interested on in what they would do with this one. And on first viewing, it just looked like a stylized, um, you know, um, like corrosion, whatever. But actually, the second time I watched it, I kind of paused it on it. And it's actually the crown of the Statue of Liberty. And it looked like, you know, um, it had, like, I think, a copper, like the, the, the greenish oxidized copper look to it and all that. For those that are keeping counting, you know, keeping track for the opening logo. Mm. And and then after that, we're treated to um, Sting, um, an alien in New York, which um, I think was originally written uh, for, for uh, a song about Quentin Crisp living in New York, um, a, um, a UK um, resident who has since passed on. But he was. Um, but anyway, it was it's good to hear that. Uh, and I, I'm hope you know. I'm assuming it was on BBC America. I'm assuming it was the same there. And I'm I'm assuming you know rights and all that because sometimes sometimes music rights get a little bit tricky. So, oh, and speaking of BBC America, I don't know how many a list are listening to the show watched it on BBC America. I've gotten an email of someone that was very uh, disappointed because once again the BBC America doesn't understand spoilers. <laughs> They, they had um, supposedly in the middle of the episode they had an interview with um, with Matt Smith speaking about the departure of the ponds and how it was handled and again I didn't see it so I can't speak firsthand on this but uh, this isn't the first time that they've done this where they've actually had spoiler material in between like during commercial breaks that's that's one thing good about you know watching it on let's say iTunes or of course on BBC where you don't have commercial interruptions there's no chance of of getting spoilers. I mean, even myself, I, when I'm watching Doctor Who, I, I don't, I, I don't look at Twitter. I don't, I don't do any, I don't expose myself to anything that might, um, you know, be a spoiler. So, um, but when you're watching it on BBC America, you, you know, unless you have a DVR and you record it and then you just fast forward the commercial breaks, um, if you're watching it live, there's no way to avoid what they show you. So I, I wish they would understand that and not do that again because I it's again it's not the first time that's happened. So it's good to see Doctor Who on you know shooting on location again. I said this before and I said it again. I mean it's great to see and I, and I know it sounds biased being you know that I live in the state of New York, but it's great to see um, Manhattan and New York used as a location again. But I always enjoy when Doctor Who's on location. Um, it always gives the show a fresh look and you know because uh so many times you're in the studio and it just you know it always seems a little claustrophobic you know as much as you can do with the studios and special effects and all that it's always great when you're outside in you know in reality in real locations so uh, it was a real treat seeing that and then of course you know there's no denying that um i enjoy new york city so yes it was it was good seeing that there's a great line by the doctor when when um Amy questions him uh, um about not making any sense. You know, we're going to start playing some clips. I I I make this mistake all the time that I should just go in and, and but uh it just, I'm going to just going to say this line. I don't know. We're in New York, the doctor says. Um but let's 
without any further ado, let's um let's play some clips from the not the Muppets, <laughs> the Angels Take Manhattan. Statues, the man said. Living statues that moved in the dark. So, will you take the case, Mr. Garner? Sure. Why not? Because you don't believe me. For $25 a day plus expenses, I believe any damn thing you like. But you don't believe that statues can move. <laughs> and you're right, Mr. Garner. They can't. <laughs> of course they can't. When you're looking... There's something different about you, isn't there? What's the book? Melanie Malone. She's a private detective in Old Town, New York. She's got ice in her heart and a kiss on her lips and a, a vulnerable side. She keeps well hidden. Oh, you read it? You read it aloud and then went yowza. You know, only you could fancy someone in a book. I'm just reading it. I just like the cover. Ooh. It's your hair. Is it your hair? Oh, shut up. It's the glasses. I'm wearing reading glasses now on my nose, see? I don't like them. They make your eyes look all liney. No. Actually, sorry, they're fine. Carry on. Okay, I'm gonna go get us some more coffee. Who wants more coffee? Me too. I'll go. Rory, do I have noticeable lines on my eyes now? Yes. No. You didn't look. I noticed them earlier. Didn't notice them. I specifically remember not noticing them. You're welcome among fire pits, Centurion. Do I uh, have to come over there? Kind of, you like. It is so humiliating when you do that. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Now have a go. Oh, actually, that is much better. That is exciting. <laughs> read to me. I thought you didn't like my reading aloud. Shut up and read me a story. Just don't go yowza. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, I always rip out the last page of a book. And it doesn't have to end. I hate endings. As I crossed the street, I saw the thing guy. But he didn't see me. I guess that's how it began. And there we have it. So the, this story was actually very similar to the first story that introduced the Weeping Angels with, um, you know, taking someone and, um, you know, throwing them back in time. And, uh, you know, time travel had to do a lot with the story. And again, that sort of goes back to Blink, you know, when we first were introduced to to the Weeping Angels. So it's sort of like Stephen Moffat going back to uh, to the roots uh, you know, storytelling-wise, with this, with this story. Well, it's unsurprising, really, because I mean, in many people's minds, that was his greatest episode so far. So, not mm. unsurprising that, uh, and as you're quite right, the Sally Sparry character in that um, is 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 played not played, but um, she can't get it out of her head. That how did the doctor know what he needed to know? And she realised that the only way was. You know, if somehow she could get that information to him, which by happenstance, uh, the taxi pulled outside the store and she did so. Yes. Yeah. And um, well, before I go more into the story, just to, to kind of get this out of the way, I always like to um, also comment on the technical merits of the episode itself. And once again, I, I think it was um it it was uh, realized very well. I th thought um, the compositions were good. I had great compositions as far as um, you know the camera work, the lighting. Uh, there was moving camera shots and done in a very cinema verte 
type of style, but not throughout the whole episode, just in certain key areas, which um, which I think worked well. I, I think the editing also worked very well. There was a lot of storytelling that was just done through editing alone. The, the music was fitting. And I, I was also glad that the colorist resisted on making it too monochromatic or making it too, even though it had that film noir type of storytelling to it, it didn't try overly, it didn't go too far overboard with, with that as far as stylizing the scenes to make it look like a, like a, a 1930s or, or 40s type of movie, you know, so I'm glad they didn't, you know, they, um, it, I think it was well balanced in that. And then um, the acting performances were all there. I think everyone did a great job. It, it, um, I had really no complaints and I think everyone did well in that area. So yeah, you know, I, to be honest, you know, <laughs> even though I liked this story, I, d I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. It was, it was, um, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, there, there were certain little elements of it that, that, um, that, that reminded me of, of other things. Uh, that there was, um, I, when they fed Rory to the babies, it reminded me of Lex Luthor. I, I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not, if I'm misremembering, I, there was a scene where, um, oh, what's her face? Um, they, um, oh, I forget the character's name now. Um, River Song, hey? No, no, but there was a scene in, in one in in the Superman film saga with with Christopher Reeve where Lex oh. Luthor um, feeds. Um, Oh, I can't think. Miss Tessmacher to the babies. And oh. I think in this case, the babies were, uh, they were lions or tigers or, or something like that, that he had in his lair and he, he started loading a rope and all that. So, but, you know, it was the line where Lex Luthor says to, um, you know, um, to his, um, um, oh, I know I'm, I'm really getting bad with names. His henchman. His, his henchman. Yeah, his, what's his face played by, what's his face? <laughs> The character is Otis, played by Ned Beatty. Don't know why I was drawing blanks during the live show. You know, feed her to the babies. <laughs> you know, so anyway, it's a similar line there. You must have been a beautiful baby. You must have been a wonderful child. When you were only starting to go to kindergarten. I'll bet you drove the little boys wild. Into winning blue ribbons Bet you showed the other kids how I can see the judge's eyes As he handed you the prize I bet you made the cutest bow Beautiful baby Baby But Max, you can't do this to me Why? Please, why? Because I love you, Mr. Strucker By the way, Miss Tessmacher, your mother sends her love. As I said before, I had stopped. I had freeze framed to see the um, to see the logo of Doctor Who to see what it was about, see what the texture was on on the logo and the opening credits. I also freeze framed another spot in this story where the doctor, t you know, is, is um, freshening himself up after he lands the TARDIS and, you know, straightening his tie and licking his hair and um, not literally, but you know what I mean, um, getting himself kind of spit up and doing that he was going to see River again. Uh, he's it's a reflection of a blank Rolls Royce 
plaque. So I so it didn't really. There's no insight there, but so I guess somewhere in the TARDIS there's a um, there's a plaque um, made by Rolls Royce Motors, and um, but all the the information like the serial number and all that. Uh, I guess this goes on a car uh, was all blank. You know, so nothing new there. Much of the story, you know, is takes place in um, in buildings, and I think at um, you know at the the very end, it's in that um, that building that's near Battery Park. And what's typical in Doctor Who is that you get a lot of running down corridors. So what here, what um, you know, Stephen Moffat did here was instead of going running down corridors, there was a lot of running up and down buildings in the stairway. So I thought that was a nice change, you know, changing it up from you know. Which which he which he did um, the the uh, the other angels uh, the the um, story which which um, with the crashed spaceship um, there there was a lot of up and down references so right turning things sideways instead of going down corridors going down um, shafts and or in this case ele- um, uh, stairways st- stairway um, stairwells or whatever you call them. Russell T. Davis thing, that, of course, he famously did that a lot in the, um, the one episode I shouldn't really mention, but Voyage of the Damned, where there's an awful lot of, you know, vertically going up and down. Mm, in that's the true, yes. Apparently he used to think that was a more interesting way to to shoot the shot. Well, it, it does change things a bit up, you know, instead of just going um, down corridors, horizontally-wise, you know, it, it kind of um, just, it's it's a nice change. And, you know, and it's kind of fitting being that New York is, um, you know, a, a city that's sort of lifting itself up into the into the heavens with the skyscrapers and all that. It's kind of it's kind of fitting that in New York City, you would go up and down instead of sideways. And Dave, I thought of you <laughs> at the end right. uh, when we revisit the, the, the little girl oh, in, the, in the garden. And I immediately said, oh, Dave, Dave, Dave got this down. <laughs> So we're treated to that. I thought that was a nice touch, you know, and um, obviously, I mean, I don't know what, you know, the doctor could have said to her, you know, without getting in, you know, because he couldn't really reveal the future to her, you know. So but um, it was just I thought it was just a nice uh, fit. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. And uh, because we got the mention of the swing last week, but as you quite right, I banged on about this since. Well, all the way back to the beginning when mm-hmm. she was left sat in the suitcase and she never actually got visited. They, they had the one episode where we heard the TARDIS in the garden, and it, but it was the time when Amy was in her bed upstairs and we saw Amelia in the garden and then we heard the TARDIS noise and it panned up to the bed. So I've always felt that that was something that's happened. But uh, we were talking earlier and I, um, one of the things that I, I said, I said the only trouble is uh, the the sort of voiceover at the end, the prologue, epilogue, or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, at the end, um, where uh, the older Amy says that you know, tell the young Amelia that she's going to go on these great adventures. Um, I was having I- issues with that because that you know countermands a little bit what the doctor said. Well, in this yes, of, yeah, that's it, what I say. It, I don't think the doctor could actually say well, that. So I don't know what the doctor. Well, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. But, but the thought is. I think what's happened is that if we assume that the young Amelia Pond at that point, that's where she gets all the stories about the raggedy man, where everybody thinks these were just childhood fantasies that she'd made up. Mm. And perhaps she's half remembering 
the stories that are recounted to her. Yeah. And then, of course, she forgets when she she grows up and meets Rory and becomes a kiss and grab and all that. Uh, it's back in a thing. But then, we, you know, so she thinks that she imagined them uh, because they belong in a much earlier yeah. life. So mm-hmm. you, you, you can read it either way, I sure. think. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, and um, and when you're that young, you, you you remember things not as clear as you do. Well, now that we're getting older, I can't say I remember everything so clearly anymore either. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, when you when you're that young, you, you know, your, your memories are more like impressions than than you know exact details. Oh, they may have been told to her. I mean, the doctor could have got around it by telling her tales of daring do. Yeah. Not necessarily saying it's hard. that they were real. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I was glad about the ending. It wasn't the typical, let's leave the ponds in their home that we've, you know, and, and, and say goodbye and wave and all that. And that we've seen, you know, countless times before in, in the last, um, I guess, year and a half. So um, I'm, I'm glad the ending was more, uh, uh, and hopefully it's a, more, you know, because the doctor says, you know, I cannot... I won't be able to visit you again. So I'm hoping that's the case, you know, and, and there's no, Oh, I'm making an exception, you know? <laughs> so, uh, well, that does bring the point about the 50th anniversary. Um, yeah. If, if there's some, it, right, and, uh, it, it oh, leaves no, a little room no, there. Um, I mean, the doctor also said yeah, that he couldn't go back to, yeah. to, uh, Pete's world again, either, you know, in, in the, the first time we visit Pete's world, he, you know, he said that he wasn't able to, you know, visit there again or whatever, and um, somehow he right. managed it. And so. Rose couldn't come to our universe and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what do you think about one of the things that's been uh, knocking around some of the uh, the fan groups about the the sequence of these stories? Because, uh, I mean, like, there's a reference there to her wearing glasses, but I think last week there was a reference to glasses, and um, you have the feeling that, uh, you know, because if you remember Rory's... Uh, dad and, and that's going to be by implication something that uh, they're going to have to let Rory's dad know that he'll not see his son again but um, what about the fact that you know um, he, he says uh, you've been gone and the doctor says how do you know he says well they're wearing different clothes and they've been gone mm-hmm. is it seven weeks or something um, I mean I think there's an awful lot of argument that you can think that a lot of these episodes happened um, almost backwards the, the five that we've seen this series yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, rather strange. I know we we spoke about that in, in past doctor, in recent past Doctor Pachaks as well. But um, I'm you know I, I'm still of the mind that you know playing. I I haven't read too much into that. I know I know I had said that I need to kind of go back and rewatch the, the the point where the Doctor. Well, when we think he first meets Brian, and he you know because um, one of our callers yeah. had said that. Uh, that the doctor already knew his name, so I, you know, I, I need to kind of rewatch that again. And because, uh, you know, f- watching this first time, the, the, you know, straight through, I didn't really get the feeling that things were out of order. But you know, listening to what everyone else had to say uh, about meeting, uh, was it um, Henry the Eighth and Rory leaving behind the cell phone charger or something like that? Yeah. You know, I didn't pick up on when I was watching it originally, but I need to kind of go back and and rewatch that. And um, I don't know if we can just explain it with timey wimey stuff or what. I I don't know. But as I think they went on a number of adventures. Even even you can argue the uh, the, the cowboy episode could have been in that time. 
if I could just go forward mm-hmm. a little bit and then I want to ask you a couple of questions because I only basically had well one gripe, possibly two, but um, yeah, I think it was a far better episode than what to me has been a, a middle-of-the-road series, even though Agreed. that's probably being picky. We've been so spoiled recently. Um, but But what I found is the first four episodes... Although the dinosaur one, it, it was out now, adventure. Uh, I was a bit annoyed of it because I thought it was there was too much um, ribald comedy yeah. in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know me and Ian, we never have any ribald comments on our <laughs> talking. Ian, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, but uh, that was one that I didn't particularly like when I first watched it, but enjoyed it immensely once I thought, you know, this is the, the Pirates episode, this is the light-hearted episode before things get too dark. And as you said, with the credits, even the credits were getting darker and darker. But um, the, 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 some of the episodes weren't, I think, that entertaining. However, when watching them the second and third time, there was an awful lot of great information in there, and they were so superbly well-crafted, yeah, and lots of little hints there. If you, can actually, you almost need to listen to the... Uh, it was an audio play mm. sometimes to catch all those things. But... Um, it's true because sometimes just, I'll, I'll so, hear I'll hear things from the clips that you had you know that that you record that I didn't hear in in the actual episode itself you know because you're distracted by sometimes visuals and whatever and sometimes you'll pick up stuff on just the audio alone so you're right about that. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the the couple of things I had issues with, and, but as I say, I think this was the best episode of the group of five, and it, it, it was mostly a very satisfying end. I think some people think that um, it's a pity that we knew they were leaving because that, in a way, you know, it was a question of how, not if they leave. So that was one issue. But um, one issue was that I don't really know why they had the Statue of Liberty move. And, uh, you know, I mean, all right, we were in an earlier New York. It wasn't the Statue of Liberty from 2012 that moved. It was the one from the 1938 but even so, I mean, I, I don't know when it was floodlit, but um, presumably this battery part is across the, the bay from that. So it's it, it, it cr- is. mostly crossing water. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, right. it's like uh, the Battery um, Park is just to give just to give listeners that don't know is the geographically the closest uh, to the Statue uh, on Manhattan Island. If you, to get to, to get as close to the Statue of Liberty, Liberty as you can, you would go to Battery Park. Right. So that, that's a little bit. But I think the thing was the fact that the idea is that the, these angels, you know, move at lightning speed when they do move. But yet you heard, you heard the footsteps of this mm. coming. I mean, I suppose that was to give the impression of menacing and, and yeah. size and what yeah. have you. you know, um, but um, in a way, it would have been better if, if we hadn't. I think Ian said it would have been better if we just had a whoosh and it, it, it appeared because... You could imagine that in 1938, there may not be people out and about at two o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was, and it may well have been able to move without being uh, you know, somebody actually looking at it. Yeah. But it would have been so much better if it, it made that crossing in, in an instant, as it were, especially with its size. You would think it could move. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, you, you, well, I got the feeling that it was used for a 
quote unquote photo opportunity. Exactly. You know, that, that's all. For the... It was all for shock value, and because it was there, and it's in New York, and it's an icon, and you know, it's one of those things that they couldn't help to use, not to use. But I think if I, I I was the same way. If you analyze it, there's no way. You know, angels can't move unless someone. You know, if someone's watching it, there's no way in, in New York City, even in the 1930s, it's still. You know, it was still the city that never sleeps. So I'm sure someone was there to see it. You know, and it's it doesn't really make much sense, you know? And also I thought these weeping angels were actually aliens, you know, and they were actually creatures. We all know that Statue of Liberty is a hollow copper thing and it's not a, an alien. So, you know, yeah. unless it was manif some, unless the angel was, was controlling it, it somehow. It. Yeah. yeah, it was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I must admit, I do prefer it when the angels are angels. Uh, mm -hmm. That was one of the things I didn't particularly like that. Uh, when we had the outside that man's house had a statue of a woman and a young boy. Uh, and the young boy came in. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, now it's it's like any statue would do. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the one of the things that, um, and I think I've rationalised it in my own head now. The, um, the 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 thing that had been predicted in the book happened, although Riversong tried to uh, not let the doctor know that she to get her. By the way, that that angel obviously was so weak it couldn't zap her back in the past. But she had to break her own wrist to get out of the. The, the grip of it, um, and then of course the the doctor uses his regeneration mm -hmm. uh, power. energy. Yeah. We've always had this situation. Yeah, but we. I mean, now the only way around that I can think of is that he got this regeneration stuff from River Song in the in the first place. Remember, way back, let's kill Hitler. She mm -hmm. was the one that imbued him, uh, trying to save him. She didn't yeah. just give him one regeneration she gave him all her land so we know do know now that river song only has one life um so uh, the only thing i can think of he could cure her that way but i mean for instance last week uh when it, uh, the week where he was the, there was the chap in the spaceship with a broken leg i mean mm -hmm. the, he didn't cure him like that but again it's nowhere near I mean, this doctor's now what? I've forgotten how old he is, but he's been in this regeneration now for 300 years. Yeah. I don't think he's older than that. He's yeah, he, he, said, he's, he said at one point he was 1,100-something, yeah. In, in, the, yeah. Um, in, so, uh, in the Western episode, he made a reference to 1,100. I think he's even said 1,200 at one point. I, I think that um, was... that was yeah, um, over 12. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, you I think... Put that text that, that's that's uh, going back to, I think, last series where, um, right, the 1,200... Who knows? It, it's it's somewhere in there. Uh, it's, I, I, it's 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 more. It's been yeah, a few hundred years. Stated on yeah. the eleventh doctor's. Yeah. yeah. Let's play a few okay. more clips. And, so, uh, mean, I'm sorry. What, Go what, ahead. What was your thought on? What was your thought on that anyway? Though? So, I mean, did, well, yeah, I th thought they sort of cheated with it. I thought it was a bit of a cheat, only because um, I, I, again, I and I don't mean to sound like a broken record. I just. It's, it goes to the sonic screwdriver thing again, you know, where you, there's just a little bit too much magic, you know, the, the Doctor Who needs more limitations because it's already the format is so magical as it is. You know, you have the TARDIS, which means you can go anytime, any place and storytelling wise. So the Doctor just needs limitations, you know, and 
in the past, you know, he had limitations, you know, um, he only had uh, 12 regenerations. And of course, we, we knew he was going to get around that, that the series wasn't going to end once he used up his regeneration. But still, it was a limitation. He, The Time Lords were still around and, um, you know, and he knew he could only do so much without, you know, and, and he was on the run from them. And th- there were certain limitations. Now, it seems today the Doctor is... Uh, you know he he's he's a god himself you know and um and and i just like to i i liked it better give him about 10 10 generations she's she's transformed twice hasn't she from the little girl Mm -hmm. into mel's and then to riverson so she could easily have given him 10 10 regenerations although she even says there you shouldn't be wasting it yeah that's true and without the Time Lords around, we're, we're under the assumption that the limitations long, no longer around, but we, we don't know. You know, there, there was that, that one scene where the Doctor says some, you know, makes up some sort of figure or whatever, but who knows if he was being serious or not. Let's, yeah, but uh, I, I oh, mean, I, I really did enjoy the episode. As I say, there was there was uh, just a few things like that. One was the, say, the statue of Liberty. There were some questions about that. Uh, but other than that... Um, the other thing is that that um, there's been quite a change of direction, hasn't it, with um, you know this couple that were almost going to get divorced a couple of episodes ago, and um, yeah, um, uh, is it believable that that she would have made that commitment so quickly to to jump with Rory? I mean, she's I mean Rory, we know Rory. I mean, uh, uh, Rory says something like, you know, to save you, I'd do anything, uh, and we absolutely implicitly believe that. Well, I should just say that I, I did think the acting was... I mean, I thought last week and this week, Karen Gillan has really, really uh, acted her heart out. I mean, mm. there's some scenes in this where I do believe that she is in this um, dire strait of choosing, uh, and I did believe that. So, um, all, all in all, uh, it was an awfully good episode. Uh, lovely, to, as you said, to be on location. Um, there was... Um, yeah, I mean, forty. We're back to forty odd minutes again. Uh, I never knew why the 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 uh, power of three was only forty one minutes because they seemed to rush the ending with that one. I, I believe this, this was forty four minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, forty four, almost forty five. And um, I mean, there was no, basically, no trailer for next week. Certainly not on audio in terms of playing on this podcast. So basically, we we ended up with the the um, the epilogue. Um, the afterword, as it was called, in the end. But um, there's a few other things that were mentioned. Um, uh, uh, I mean, the great, I assume that because you know we, we did have that thing where it looked as though the day had been saved, and they're going back to the TARDIS. Yeah, the false ending, yeah. Moments with mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with River Song saying that he's repainting, and we got the payoff a bit for the. We have light bulbs in every episode up to now, and she was saying he'd, oh, he'd changed the light bulb on the the TARDIS, and then. Um, of course, Rory just has to glance to one side and see the tombstone, which of course seals his fate. And um, uh, oh, you know, uh, again, I suppose the whole problem was anybody who's a long-time watcher of Doctor Who knows what the how the angels operate, what their modus operandi is, and we knew that the ponds were leaving. It, it's almost a pity that that was, you know, uh, I think most people could figure that out. Mm. Um, but def- definitely a very, very strong episode. And I think uh, for many people, it will become a very strong episode indeed. Uh, we'll, miss, well, I'll miss Rory. Amy, 
uh, not quite so much. I think they still should have gone in the prior episode where uh, the Doctor gave them the house. I think that would have been a much better ending in some ways. Um, but having said that, um, I think Stephen, you know, he, he went with one of his strengths, the the angels, and I think it paid off in the most. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to play a few more clips and then we'll have more to say about it. So is this what's going to happen? We just keep chasing him back in time and they keep pulling him further back. He isn't back in time. I'm reading a displacement, but there are no temporal markers. Well, come on, come on, come on. Where is he? If it was that easy, I'd get you to do it. It must hurt. Yes. The wrist is pretty bad, too. shall we? That was a stupid waste of regeneration energy. Nothing is gained by you being a sentimental idiot. River! No, you embarrass me. River! Why would they send him here? Rory! Rory! Amy. Doctor, look at this. Why is it smiling? Amy. Rory! Get out of here. Don't look at anything. Don't touch. Who's that? Amy. Amy, please. Rory. He's here. Someone please tell me what is going on. I'm sorry, Rory. But you just died. I have to say, I, I, I did like um, River in this. I, I, I Originally, I, I didn't really, you know, when she was first introduced, I, I didn't really have any strong feelings for her. But then I then I began to really like her. And then at the end of when we last, you know, had, uh, I guess it was last series or whatever. I just uh, that, that that I don't know, I guess I just got a little tired of her and all that. And her, her character wasn't that interesting anymore once we, too much of it was revealed. But here, I, I don't know, for some reason, I think that she kind of captured maybe because we hadn't seen her up until now again so um it, it was it, it didn't feel tired in this episode did you not think that um uh, there was a, a little bit of a confusion there because um one of the things that river song has said her, her greatest fear is the meeting the doctor when he knows everything about me and i know nothing about him where she i mean she knew they were married still and she seemed to knew an awful lot she knew perhaps Perhaps she's going to be appearing more often than we think. Perhaps this is only the midway point because she knew about the doctor. I mean, that was good. I, I like the fact that she'd been let out of prison 
Yeah. Because, of course, mm-hmm. she couldn't be guilty of killing anybody if that person didn't exist. And all the, um, you know, all the evidence was that the doctor didn't exist. But uh, I, I had a feeling that we should be, you know, the seesaw should be tipping a little bit in the fact that the doctor should know more about her than she knows about him at this point. Unless, of course, we're going to see River Song, you know, three or four more times. Yeah, I've given up trying to keep track of their timelines now. <laughs> Because originally it was backwards and it was, um, you know, as the, you know, um, as as the doctor, let's see, as the doctor was getting older, she was her, she was supposed to be getting younger. But now I think they're, they they seem to be sort of in sync. I don't know. I don't know where things are anymore. I, it seems like after last series, now they're, they're a little bit more in sync. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if she didn't age normally, which we we assume we think she does, I mean, you could easily say that, you know, the Doctor, we did, there's about a couple of hundred years we don't know what the Doctor was up to. You know, he could have lived with her if she was, was a Time Lord. He could have lived with her for, you know, a hundred years. And I suppose that is one question. You could argue she may only have one regeneration, but maybe that one long life is still a long life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in as much as, you know, when the, the, the master uh, prevented the doctor from, you know, having used his regenerations, and we saw that uh, Tweety Pie doctor in the birdcage, oh, shuddering just think about it, um, basically that was what the doctor would look like if he'd stayed without regenerating. So, I mean, the doctor can live hundreds of years in one generation. Maybe River Song, although she can't regenerate, maybe she still has uh, an extremely long life. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the first incarnation of the Doctor, we don't know how old he really is when he first regenerates into Patrick Troughton. You know, he, he, there's no... Um, I don't think there was any reference made to his his age at that time, so... And the second Doctor, of course, has the 500-year-old diary, which yeah. you can argue if that was his personal possession, he expected to be the second Doctor for 500 years. Mm-hmm. Seeing Rory, uh, you know, aged there, and 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 that the whole scene that that goes calls back to the original teaser, which was a foreshadowing of that scene there, which um, we, we don't see. You know, that little teaser was sort of a story into itself. It's it, it's almost like a prequel. You know, um, by the way, we didn't have any more prequels other than the ponds, right? The the um, pond life we didn't have. Usually, um, in the past, we've gotten more prequels what they call prequels right um but the prequels have come out after the event not before yeah i know that's why they're not really prequel i mean the uh, well no they, they, yeah. they, they've well, been I mean, releasing the prequels still... before um it, at least uh, in the past I, have they come out with anything for this series uh, well, I've been like you. I've been avoiding a lot of things. Okay. I just have a quick look and looking in the. Text oh, to see don't worry about it then. I, I, you know, I wasn't aware that they they did so. It's been put in text by Swicky uh, and in. <laughs> yeah, the no prequels this this week. But the, were, were there prequels for any other week? I mean, other than Pond Life was the only. Um, prequel that I'm... Uh, yes, I think they have been. I think they have been. Uh, they haven't really been... Pu- to tell you they haven't really been promoting it that well. Right. Well, some of them were were exclusives, weren't they, to people in uh, in uh, BBC America. 
which was strange because they were exclusive to that BBC America, and and in the UK they weren't. So it must have been something that was arranged by the channel with the Dot Two team. Yeah, well, like like yourself, I've been keeping away from stuff that might be spoilery. So I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll look into it, but I don't. I didn't th- I didn't hear of any um any official prequels being released this series um as they were in past series. Not right. that not not that I minded because none of them really, you know, added anything too much to the story, but I my point was that the opening teaser to this was almost a pre could have been a prequel into itself. Uh, but I much rather have it the way they had it here as part of the episode, because uh, we don't th- that character um, was it Grail or uh, who, who the, the 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 original detective in that sequence? We, you know, Gardner I think is um, the character's Pat name. Yeah, he um, you know we, a- after that teaser we don't see or hear from him again. I, there's no need to, but it's it's interesting the way that that played out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much for me to nitpick about this. Uh, you know, I had mentioned in last week's episode, of The Power of Three, that you know the way they were, the way they incorporated the um, the years and and you know the, and the month and the year into the scene was kind of unique and it kind of worked well in that episode. And here, that there's a scene where they go back to. Um, to China at um, I forget what year it was something BC and 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 again they had that caption sort of like incorporated into the scene itself uh, but it kind of stuck out because none of the other time tra- none, none of the other scenes in the story where they travel you know forward or backwards in time had anything like that so it it just seemed unnecessary they should have somehow maybe referenced this the, the time you know in dialogue instead of having that caption there just seemed a little out of place. Um, but again, that's um, a real just nitpick, you know, and nothing, um, nothing earth shattering. Do you want to, um, well, we, uh, what I'll do is a, a short break. I'll, I'll take a break and we'll come back. We'll play some more clips and then we'll take your feedback. And as always during this break, I want to remind our listeners that, um, that audible is offering listeners of Dr. Upachak, a free audio book, download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks so you can get more adventures of The 11th Doctor along with Amy and Rory or any any other <laughs> their other doctors as well or it doesn't even have to be Doctor Who but they have over 100,000 titles to choose from. Um, besides science fiction, they also have thrillers, romance, comedy and like business and other stuff as well. And, and of course, their digital audio files will play on your either any iPhone, be it the newest iPhone or the, or or an older one, or a Kindle or an Android device. Um, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And once again, you can get your free selection. You can choose whatever you like that they have to offer by going to Audible Trial slash I'm sorry, Audible Trial dot com. Slash Pachak. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash, that's a forward slash, Pachak to get your free audiobook. So check it out. And if you're listening um, on the radio, not on the radio, on, well, you on on the internet right now, or if you're listening in the podcast, you can always go to Pachak.net for the, for the offer as well. It's there. Well, now, since we are reviewing a Weeping Angel story, the Angels Take Manhattan with the 11th Doctor, along with Amy and Rory. 
you could, for your free selection, you could choose another 11th Doctor story with Amy and Rory featuring the Weeping Angels. This is Doctor Who Touched by an Angel. The past is like a foreign country, nice to visit, but you really wouldn't want to live there. In 2003, Rebecca Whittaker died in a road accident. Her husband, Mark, is still grieving. He receives a battered envelope posted eight years ago containing a set of instructions with a simple message, quote, you can save her, end quote. As Mark is given the chance to save Rebecca, it's up to the Doctor, Amy, and Rory to save the whole world, because this time the Weeping Angels are using history itself as a weapon. So this is a little audio clip from Doctor Who, Touched by an Angel. It's written by Jonathan Morris, and it's narrated by Claire Corbett. Chapter 1 7th of October, 2011. Toby Murray was a difficult man to like. He had a pudgy red face, he was flabby and sweaty, and he affected a very bad East End accent. We want to win this one, Mark! We want to take him down! Mark sighed. This wasn't law and order. This was a routine piece of contract law. He'd only taken it on because Toby's employers were one of Pollard, Boyce and Whittaker's most prestigious clients, and because Toby had, rather pathetically, insisted on dealing with a senior partner. But if Toby wanted to be fed a load of high-powered gibberish, Mark would be only too happy to provide. Nevertheless, I recommend we pick our battles carefully, said Mark. Find as many areas of common ground as we can, because at the moment our position is about as solid as a souffle. So what are you saying? What's our next move? Make an audit of every contract, all the ones that have been fulfilled, all the ones that haven't. I need points of contact, dates, emails and paper trails. Everything you can give me. Toby nodded and stood up. You'll have it next Monday. Mark pressed the button to summon his personal assistant. Take as long as it takes. Toby glanced around the room, his eyes resting on the photograph that Mark kept on the shelf opposite his desk. Toby whistled in admiration as he picked up the photograph. Who's the babe? The photograph showed Rebecca perched on the balcony of their hotel room in Rome. The morning sun shone in her hair like a halo and gave her skin a golden glow. Her eyes were wide and impossibly blue, and a contented smile curled across her lips. My, uh, wife, said Mark, feeling a sudden flash of anger. If you could just put that back. The missus? Bit young, ain't she? Well done. It was taken a while ago. If you could just put it back. Oh, got ya. Toby returned the photograph to the shelf. Former glories. Mine's the same. Second you stick a ring on their finger to start to inflate. It's like there's a valve. Siobhan appeared in the doorway. All done, Mr Whittaker? I think so, said Mark curtly. Mr Murray has important business to attend to, no doubt. Mark offered his hand to Toby. Toby clasped it and attempted to crush Mark's fingers. Toby was one of those men who felt it important to establish he was the alpha male. Layers, mate, said Toby, releasing him. Siobhan guided Toby out of the office before returning and closing the door so they wouldn't be disturbed. Are you all right? What? said Mark, rubbing some feeling back into his fingers. Only I heard you mention your wife. Oh, Toby was just checking out the photo of her, that's all. I see, said Siobhan. 
Siobhan was an attractive dog. Once again, this could be a free audiobook selection or anything that Audible has to offer. Simply go to audibletrial.com slash pachak. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash pachak for your free audiobook. Let's check it out. And, but speaking of listening live, this is a live show right now. So if you are listening right now live and you're not on Talk Show itself, you can call 724 724- 444 7444. It's an awful lot, a lot of fours, but it's 724 444 7444. And you'll need the call ID number, which is the show ID number, which is 23358. So call, and when you call, if you're not on talkshoe.com, you want to put yourself in the queue, just hit asterisk um, or star um, eight to put yourself in the queue. And then we'll know you'll want to talk to us. So I'm going to play um, some more clips from the Angels Take Manhattan, and we'll have we'll get back and we'll hear what you have to say about the episode. What is going to happen to me? What is physically going to happen? The Angels will come for you. They'll zap you back in time to this very spot 30, 40 years ago. And you will live out the rest of your life in that room. Uh, okay, fire escape. I always wanted to visit the Statue of Liberty. I guess she got impatient. <laughs> just stop it! No, just think it through. This will work. This will kill the angels. It will kill you too. Will it? Dying of old age downstairs, never seeing you again. Amy, please. If you love me, then trust me and push. Together. Or not at all. What the hell are you doing? Changing the future. It's called marriage. Amy, there's a gravestone here for someone with the same name as me. What? Where's Rory? I'm sorry. Amelia, I'm so, so sorry. No, no, we can just go and get him in the TARDIS. One more paradox. Would rip New York apart. Well, that's not true, I don't believe you. Mother, it's true. The angel, would it send me back to the same time to him? I don't know. Nobody knows. But it's my best shot, yeah? No! Doctor, shut up! Yes, yes, it is! Amy. Well, then, I just have to blink, right? No! It'll be fine. I know it will. I'll, I'll, I'll be with him like I should be. You look after him. And you be a good girl and you look after him. You are creating fixed time. I will never be able to see you again. I'll be fine. Come back into the TARDIS. <laughs> Rackety man! Goodbye! put in text there, uh, it's the same angel, same time. Didn't we establish from Blink when, um, you know, the uh, the police sergeant got sent back? He got sent back the same time as 
Doctor and Martha were, because presumably he was touched by the same angel. I thought, I thought that was not necessarily concrete, but I thought basically, you know, if you're touched by the same angel as somebody else, you were sent back to the same time. They didn't know which time, but there was a good chance that that Amy and Rory would end up at the same time. As far as the doctor goes, and uh, they didn't seem to know for sure, you know, when she would end up, you know, in the same time or not. Oh, not, yeah, right, okay. But I, you know, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe the, the angels don't care either, as long as they get the time, the this, uh, you know, um, energy that they feed off of, uh, you know, who knows, I don't know, if they have any, any compassion whatsoever. All right, well, okay. let's get to our cue, and, uh, well, I, as always, we have, um, Pachak supporting subscribers will be bumped up in the queue. So uh, number one would be uh, Mystery Presenter, which is a he's a uh, supporter of Dr. Pachak. So welcome back to the show, Mr. MP. Hello, Lewis and Dave. How are you doing? Hi, yeah. Hi. Yeah. I wasn't sure when you could hear me. Yes, we hear you. Um, yeah, I just... I just watched the episode earlier today, and so south last night. Uh, I thought it was quite good. Uh, of course, the only problem I had was with a radio station um, over here in Ireland. As part of the news, they said about Amy and Roy leaving. That last night was the last episode. Did you not know? I was a bit disappointed. Did before hearing yeah. that on the radio? Did you not know that this was going to be their farewell episode? Um, well, I didn't know which episode. Like, I knew okay. they were leaving the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I, so I thought I was it was disappointed that they. No, I, I understand, and I I I agree with yeah. you. I, I would be disappointed too if I didn't know. I I just thought it was sort of common knowledge that this was the this was going to be it. So, but maybe not. Maybe there were a lot of people that didn't know. I know um, yeah. someone I, I I chatted with on Twitter uh, wasn't sure if Amy and, and Rory were going to be leaving um, or not, and you know I I didn't I didn't you know I just confirmed that they were, but I didn't say exactly how, you know when and what you know how, but. Not that I knew how, but I, I knew when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, um, I don't know, you know, in the promotion of the series, sometimes, um, you know, they, they don't they don't keep spoiler information in check. You know, and what I said about BBC America before seems to prove the case where, you know, they're trying to promote the series and in, in that process, they may be spilling the beans more than they should. Yeah. In fact, to that radio station, on the day, I sent a text saying not to spoil information again. That's what I um, I thought it was interesting with the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. like, moving and that. Especially your man, the detective at the start, he told he's safe on the roof. And then, like, you just see the Statue of Liberty behind him. Yeah. I've made a bit more scale. Well, unfortunately, it reminded me of Ghostbusters 2. So I have this, like, in the back of my mind, this, if, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters 2, there's um, uh, there, yeah. there's a scene where the, the, the Statue of Liberty, you know, is, is walking Manhattan. So 
I, I have that vision of Ghostbusters. And, you know, you, you don't want to have visions of Ghostbusters 2 in your head. You want to have visions of the original Ghostbusters. So, um, so yeah, it, it reminded yeah. me a, a bit of that. I, um, you know, I, so like I said, there, there were a few things in this episode that reminded me of other stuff. And that was one of them, you know, and the, the feeding to the babies. That was another one that reminded me of Superman. But, yeah. 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 In fact, maybe Ghostbusters 2 was Stephen Moffat's favorite film. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they had to have the Dr. Flipsy move. I, I think he, being in New York and being that the story was about, you know, yeah. statues, he couldn't resist not including this, the, the greatest statue of all in New York City, which is a, obviously the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. But if you think about yeah. it, 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 you know, as Dave said, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make much sense. But I don't, I don't think, you know, they just, you know, they, they did it for more for the, you know, I, I don't want to say shock value, but just for the value of having, you know, the Statue of Liberty in it. In fact, the other thing, um, I found this part of the series very short. Basically, like, when you're just getting more interest, it just comes... Well, because they're, they're breaking it up again. Christmas. You know, just, I mean, yeah. basically it's just been the month of September now. You know, September had uh, five Saturdays in it, so we've had um, five episodes, yeah. and it's this whole half series filled up just one month. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, it's a pity it's not a bit longer. I was just enjoyed, yeah. like, having the half series a bit longer. I, you know... Um. I'm not sure why they, you know, obviously the the Christmas episode is, um, you know, they they could have started this series later, I guess, and then um, that or, I, you know, I don't know why they they chose to break it up, break okay. it up the way they did. Well, next ne next week in the UK, Merlin restarts. Mm -hmm. Is are they is Merlin getting in a full time slot? A full oh, in the same time slot. So is he, is Merlin getting a full series, or are they breaking that up too? There's usually, a, I can't remember, there's usually about 12, 13 in there. So I would imagine that will run us up towards Christmas. Mm -hmm. Actually, it doesn't have Merlin starts at the beginning of September, and then have Doctor Who starting after. Well, what I'm going to assume yeah, is that, that we're, we're, and this is just an assumption, an assumption on my part, is that once we have the Christmas episode, we're going to resume the rest of the series after that? Or am I to, am I assuming correctly April. that, oh, it's so it's not. So we're going to get the Christmas episode. in March or April, yeah. And then we're going to have to wait another four months for, so, so between... Yep. Between September today, September thirtieth. So between yesterday was the twenty ninth. So between September twenty ninth and April of twenty thirteen, we're gonna only have one new Doctor Who episode, and that's gonna be the Christmas one. Yeah, and presumably as well, we've only got eight episodes. But we still have the second half of, of this series. We still have you know what I'm calling the twenty yeah. the twenty twelve series, which we're gonna get the second half of that in twenty thirteen, and then we have a. Then we have the 2013 series, which is 14, 13 yeah. episodes, or, or, or they're going to be specials, a series of specials. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to keep track of it all because it seems to constantly change. You know, the, the, um, you know, the, the BBC controller says one thing and Stephen Moffat says something else. And, you know, it's, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to keep track, and 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 also in chat, Stephen Moffat's no longer on Twitter. At least not, not visibly, not using his um, 
He's uh, right. I'm sure he's probably and, still uh, on it, but he's using McKinnon a different account. Puts um, twelve episodes. He thinks. So, um, getting back to uh, this story, mystery presenter, what? How many Tardis groans would you give it? I'll give it about four. I think. Mm-hmm. Is this um the, the was this did this one become come in higher than the previous ones this series so far? Well, it's hard to say. I'll probably have to watch them go back, maybe. Okay. Well, may, maybe what we'll do next week is we'll we'll have uh, we'll come back on on and do a live show reviewing the the 2012 series, whatever you know, the first half of the 2012 series, which is actually the, the whole 2012 series now that I think of it, since we're not going to get the second half until April 2013. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Thank you so much, Mystery Presenter. And, and any other final comments you have? Uh, not I can think of. Okay. Well, as always, thank you for calling. And as always, thank you for being yeah. a supporter. Goodbye, Liz. All right. Bye cheers. Guys. Cheers. We had someone, in, someone else in the queue before. Tim, did you want to go or, or no? There's no one in the queue showing up right for me right now. Well, yeah, Jeff has put his name in okay, the queue. Okay, so we'll get Jeff on board again. So welcome back to Dr. Podshock, Mr. Jeff, or a.k.a. the Seventh Doctor in chat. Thank you, Lewis. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Good to hear. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Dave. Uh, well, I really like this episode. We had uh, something in this episode, which we haven't had a lot of in the last few years, uh, something we had quite a bit of with uh, Russell T. Davies, and that's the emotional factor. Mm -hmm. Um, I I felt this episode was very emotional, especially toward the end. Uh, It's rare that I will cry during a Doctor Who episode, but I actually did cry at the end of this story. Um, I I really got the sense at the end of this story that... uh, Amy truly does love Rory and mm-hmm. that she would sacrifice her life with the doctor, um, her modern life uh, in you know the early 21st mm-hmm. century just to be with her husband. And I really got the sense of conclusion that, uh, you know, Rory waited for Amy for 2,000 years outside of the Pandorica. Well, now she's willing to sacrifice everything to be with him as well. So I, I just got that feeling of completion and the, the emotional feeling from this story that I think we've been lacking for a while now. Yeah, I... I don't know how you feel about that, Lewis. But. No, I, I agree. I, I, you know, even though I had said at the beginning of this episode that I, I've gotten a bit tired of the of the ponds, um, you know, I it, I thought they did it very well, and it, it did strike an emotional chord. You know, you know that that scene on the ledge of the building there, I think, was handled very well, and and I think it it pulls on the heartstrings, and um, I think they did very well with that. Well, I like the fact that they gave Rory his scene on on the edge of the of the top of the building, and then they gave Amy her scene when she's contemplating going mm-hmm. back uh, with Rory, and uh, very very uh, well done. I haven't felt this good emotionally about a Doctor Who episode in quite a while, so I was very happy with that. 
Uh, I, I, last week I commented on how I felt there was some timey wiminess going on, how yes. perhaps that yeah. they're playing these episodes kind of out of order as far as from the doctor's perspective. And I kind of get that feeling again this week. Uh, in last week's story, The Power of Three, um, the doctor stayed with Amy and Rory for a while. And so he should have noticed the, the glasses that uh, Amy was supposed to pick up the prescription, you know, that she had a prescription for and they were, the glasses were ready. And so he should have noticed staying them with mm -hmm. them for so long that she had these reading glasses. Well, it was a complete surprise to him when she had them on in this story. So I'm wondering if these stories are being played backward, at least from episode two on to five, that they're playing backwards um, from the doctor's perspective. It could very. I mean, the doctor. I you know, interesting. I think. I think it's entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, he could have that that, that power yeah. of three episode could have taken place. You know, in in the doctor's timeline after this story. So. so exactly. Yeah. And, and then we get the reference uh, from a, a town called Mercy, where that could have taken place in the middle of the power of three. So oh, I, mm -hmm. I just sense some timey wiminess going on. Uh, things are not quite as they appear uh, time-wise. And as Captain Janeway would say, she, I'm getting a headache from all this temporal <laughs> science stuff. Yeah, nice reference, yeah. Um, the uh, the afterword from the book that uh, we hear the voiceover for Amy uh, had a reference uh, that is kind of timely in, in its own way. Uh, she says, "Hello, old, uh, hello, dear friend," or was it "Hello, old friend"? Oh, hello, old friend. And if you're a Babylon Five fan, uh, you know that Commander Sinclair always referenced mm. his good friend Garibaldi with that same phrase, hello, old friend. And we had the actor who played Commander Sinclair, Michael O'Hare, pass away yeah, on Friday. So it, that, that kind of struck me. Well, uh, obviously I, coincidental. I'm sure there was no way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was very coincidental. There was no way they could have planned that. But uh, it's just, just very odd that, that it happened that way. Yeah, very sad news. I had indeed. a real problem with, but with his passing, I just wanted to say it was a very sad news. Uh, he had a heart heart attack last. In fact, I think it was last Sunday a week ago, and then he was in a coma, and then I think it was a Thursday he had passed or Wednesday. Um, it's just he was only sixty, so it was very sad news. I, I thought it was Friday, but it could I, it could have been. I the days start blending in together, but <laughs> it, it's hard to keep track. I, I heard about it on Friday. Um, I had a real problem with the Statue of Liberty. Now, I know it's not very f where it is on the island on the pedestal. It's not very far from the location of that hotel or whatever that building is. But somebody has got to notice yeah, of that <laughs> the Statue of Liberty is, is tromping around New York City. Exactly. Even in you know the late 1930s. Yeah. No, I we we mentioned that, that before. Yeah, that 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 was the out of place element there. You know, and it it was obviously just you know I think they just couldn't resist not doing it, and that's why they you know they felt they had to do it. And um, but it, it if you think about it, it makes no sense. You know, and it's not even one of the weeping angels because we all know it's a hollow 
copper statue. Right, right. So that 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 was, I thought, completely un, unrealistic. Although we're talking about a, sh- a show where. A, Alien with two hearts travels around in a blue box. It's bigger on the inside <laughs> than on the out. So I don't know. Um, but other than a few other minor quibbles, like how do the people that are trapped in the hotel get food and you know clothing and that sort of thing? Uh, I I didn't have a lot of problems with the episode. Uh, like I said, it was very emotional, and I think that kind of covers up, at least for me, some of the minor niggles that I might have with the storyline. Um, and I, I gave it a 4.25 out of 5. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, and I think I'm um, I'm going against the grain with a lot of people, but I thought Asylum of the Daleks was better than this story slightly. I gave that a 4.5. Mm-hmm. So. To me, this was the second best story of, of the five. Oh, very good. Well, um, yeah, I you know I I knew they said they were they were trapped in the building, but I didn't really. I, I thought maybe they were sort of like trapped to live their lives out and you know living there. I I didn't really I, I didn't really see it as like they were imprisoned in there in 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 a literal sense. You know, I, I figured they could go out and pick up groceries and kind of live their life, but they would always have to return back to the building and, and live there or whatever. I, I thought it was something similar to that, where, uh, you know, if they tried to get away, the angels would chase them down. I, I you know, that's that's how I perceived it. I, I didn't really see it as like a literal, like, prison that they couldn't leave the building. But I don't okay. know. I, that, um, that's just my perception. But, I, you know, there's nothing in the story that, that, that you know, led me to believe that. It was just how, that's just how I took it. Well, even in late 1930s, I think there would be a way, you know, if somebody just left the building to get groceries or whatever, that uh, they would find a way to get away. I mean, there there were cars then that, uh, you know, if they had a friend, you know, they could get into the car and leave the city. Mm It would be hard to track. they They wouldn't have any friends, though, in a sense, if they'd already been displaced in time. Yeah, but, um, you know, over time, if they are allowed to leave the building to get food or whatever, they are going to have relationships with other people and perhaps yes. build a friendship mm-hmm. yeah. over time and and somebody that they can trust or maybe go to the police department, you know, and get protection there somehow. I don't know. But uh, to me, it felt like they were imprisoned there. No, you could be very well. That could very well be the case. That they and and, and then, as you say, then how do they maintain, the, you know, their their existence there if they're tra- if they if they can't leave the physical building? Right. Uh, the the other minor quibble I had is when Rory was kind of deposited in front of the building. Why did he go in? If it was me, I would be trying to find my bearings find a recognizable landmark and trying to, you know, figure out how to get back to where I was instead of going into this building. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think he was just going somewhere to hide. He may not even been thinking straight, but um, it's possible. Did, 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 did these things bother you when you were watching it, Jeff? Are there, are there things you've 
you know you've reevaluated since watching it uh, you know our second time uh, uh no i i kind of noticed them right off the bat while i was watching it for the first time things that just didn't and ring it, true to me did it take, did it devalue the story for it is that why you've i mean it's, it's still four and a quarter is pretty high rating yeah, and and I think I gave it that high rating mainly because, you know, it was an emotional story, and we haven't had a lot of that lately. You know, it's good to see, and it kind of overridden some of these niggles that I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we do have that. If, if you want to hang on, Jeff, if you want to have any other final comments, we um, Dave did supply us with that afterward um, by Amy. Okay. This book I've got to write, Melody Malone. I presume I send it to Amy to get it published? Yes. Yes. I'll tell her to write an afterword. Afterword by Amelia Williams. Hello, old friend. And here we are. You and me, on the last page. By the time you read these words, Rory and I will be long gone. So know that we lived well and we're very happy. And above all else, know that we will love you always. Sometimes I do worry about you though. I think once we're gone, you won't be coming back here for a while and you might be alone, which you should never be. Don't be alone, doctor. And do one more thing for me. There's a little girl waiting in a garden. She's going to wait a long while, so she's going to need a lot of hope. Go to her. Tell her a story. Tell her that if she's patient, the days are coming that she'll never forget. Tell her she'll go to sea and fight pirates. She'll fall in love with a man who'll wait 2,000 years to keep her safe. Tell her she'll give hope to the greatest painter who ever lived and save a whale in outer space. Tell her, this is the story of Amelia Pond. And this is how it ends. I thought it was a fitting ending. Ending. Yeah. I'm not sure he should, uh, if he did recount all that to her, whether he should have told her this is how it ends. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, um, I'm sure uh, the doctor's been, uh, discretion, it. you know, takes his own discretion, you know, exactly what she tell, he, what he tells her. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jeff, thanks so much. And any uh, other final uh, thoughts? Yeah, would have been nice to have a scene um, with the doctor going to Brian and telling him what happened to his son. I, I somehow Lovely think illustration. We're, we're not going to get that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just have this, I have this, my, my assumption is that, that we're sort of like Wilf. We're just sort of just going to move on and, 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 and not see him again. But I don't know. I, I, I could be mm. wrong. Well, we had this lovely buildup with the character over the last, three stories yeah uh and like wolf i I think he was a very likable character it it would have just been a nice uh payoff i think if if there had been a scene like that kind of like we did have with wolf and and donna 
at the end of C- series four. It would be interesting if we have an adventure but, with with um, Brian without Amy and Rory. It, sort of, um, you know, in the upcoming how many five episodes or whatever there are six episodes remaining in the series. You know, it, it's a possibility since we did build up the character to the point where it is now. Right. I think there are eight, right. maybe nine. Yeah. Eight, yeah. I, I don't know. Five. If We've got the Christmas special. That's six. So yeah, I don't. Should be. I don't know if they're doing a thirteen or a fourteen episode run this time, but uh, it's definitely at least thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming it's probably like fourteen with including the Christmas special. So it's, uh, that could be. Uh, of course, we do know that at the end of the last episode, Brian did say to them, you know, go with the doctor. So he's not going to expect them any, back any time soon anyway. You know, as far as he's concerned, they might be traveling 20 years with the doctor. You know. Well, that's yeah. true. And he's there watering the plants. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, as with everything with Doctor Who, time will tell. Time will tell if we see Brian again. And, um, you know, with the 50th anniversary, I guess, coming up next year, anything's possible as far as a a parade of, um, you know, perhaps, you know, characters from the past appearing, you know, who knows? Indeed. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. Thank you for having me on, Lewis. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So um, so that wraps up, you know, not only just the review of the Angels Take Manhattan, but, oh, we didn't give out Tardis Groans. I'm going to give it, I, I guess I'm I'm going to give it four. I, I, I don't know. I, I was, it might even be four and a half, but maybe four Tardis Groans out of five. Um, this was, um, again, all the other episodes sort of came in two and a half, three, three, three and a half. And, um, maybe because I had lower expectations going into this one, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I think it was a well-written, well-executed story. So, um, so yeah, I'm giving it at least a four. It, it might bump up a little bit, but, um, I'll give it four out of five. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit torn between, uh, Four and four and a half. It's, um, I think the the issue is that I say was with the uh, Statue of Liberty. Although I understand with it being such an iconic thing, you know, it's nice to get that into the Doctor Who uh, canon. Um, so, you know, uh, it was certainly to me the best of the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I, I'm not sure I can rate the others, but um, no doubt we'll have a chance to do that. So, Dave, what do you say about next week coming back and kind of reviewing the first half of the of this series, and um, you know, do a show like that? You think that's wise? Uh, uh, well, uh, you can see the time scale. I know we on the Clinton Collective we're doing that. Um, okay. What I'm going to do is uh, just so once again it will uh, be a repeat for you. Pick... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just going to pick out clips. You know, the one or two clips from each episode that we've done. I'm not going to uh, re-try and uh, there's no way. I so, so Colton Collector is sort of like a dress rehearsal for stories. for Doctor Ubatak for you once again. I I, I didn't I didn't know you were doing that, so I that wasn't my you know my that wasn't my intent. But I no, I just figured. Not. Um, in the past, I mean, we've done it, but some not always 
as live shows. Sometimes we do it as studio shows. But um, I, I thought since um, it, it's it seems even though it's been um, five episodes, it just seems like a very abbreviated series so far and we've only done you know five live shows so i figured and uh, well actually the first yeah we're the not. first two we had to double up on because i couldn't do the uh the first live show on on the first week so all right so right, yeah we'll, we'll come back we, we're, we're not ready to leave loose of it yet we'll, we'll converge next week on the same you know bat channel same bat time and and we'll do a review of the of the first five or, or the only five episodes of the 2012 series so far. <laughs> yeah, we've got Cybob's put a rating in, by the way, in text. Three out of five from Cybob. Yes, and any other ratings um, in chat? As always, when we do these live shows, if you go to TalkShrew.com, you can join in on uh, the live chat that takes place during the live shows. So even if you don't want to vocally or verbally or audibly participate by calling in you can always participate in the show during the live chat and um we also on our website podshock.net we also you can also vote there on how many tardis groans you would give so um which i, I have to vote myself I, I haven't um voted so far but right now for <laughs> um for the angels take manhattan right now on our website it's a tie on uh on five four and three uh, Tardis groans. So, um, but there's only a few votes. So, you know, go there, vote early, and vote often. <laughs> well, don't vote often. Uh, Just and a, <laughs> don't vote early. Uh, we've got another one in text there. Um, Namari is that uh, five point four four point five? Yeah. So I. I take it it's a very well received episode and i know in if i scroll back to the beginning of chat someone had um given us some of the overnight ratings if i could find it let's see if I scroll all the way to the beginning i guess five point okay um yeah. tim had put in the right in the chat that the, the overnight overnight audience was 5.9 million viewers i'm assuming that's in the uk uh with a share of two point of of twenty six point nine percent of total TV. So, yep. All right. Well, before we go, I want to quickly remind everyone that this episode of Doctor Who Podshock, in fact, every episode of Doctor Who Podshock, is made possible in part by Podshock supporting subscribers. The only way we can bring you this show to you is with the support of our listeners. And we are tremendously grateful for the support that we had been given, and um, and we'd like to continue bringing you this show. So, but unfortunately, we can't do that without your help. So, please, if you haven't um, considered becoming a Podshock supporter, um, supporting subscriber, please, um, please consider it. Go to Podshock.net or ArtTrap.com. You'll find a link on the top there, a banner um, explaining it for a, a low monthly supporting fee. You can help support the show. We can bring you the show. we got more episodes coming up. Um, in addition to the live shows, we have some studio shows coming up, some reviews and interviews. So um, uh, again, a big thanks to all our supporters. Uh, we can't do it without you. And uh, I do hope that if you haven't done so yet, you please consider becoming a supporting Doctor Who Pachak sub subscriber. And again, go to Pachak.net or ArtTrap.com and you'll find a banner on the top on how to subscribe. And thank you. And so I guess until next week, um, we'll, we'll next week we'll talk about this, you know, the series as a whole so far and where we're we going from here. And, you know, obviously 
it's Christmas already because we got the Christmas teaser. So uh, tomorrow's October and uh, we're just thinking about Halloween, but we're now we're already thinking ahead to Christmas. I think someone put in um, into uh, into chat. It was like 92 more days or something like that. So um, <laughs> people fans are already counting down. And we'll finally, you know, uh, Jenna Louise Coleman, who's the new companion, is in that. And we'll finally find out who and what she is, if it's the same character or not. We're, we're assuming it is. and But obviously it's taking place in a different time and a different place. Indeed. Though it does look like a traditional, you know, from the scenes that we've seen, it just looks like oh, another Earth you know, we did have okay. We did have a couple. Well, we had one Christmas special that took place um, in space, but it was um, I don't know. I, I think we should, we can have. I think we can have a Christmas special where it doesn't necessarily have to be so Christmas oriented on you know and take place on Earth. We could have, you know, it could be a, a some some other planet and have have like the spirit of Christmas in it, but not necessarily have Christmas the holiday itself and it i don't know i don't don't mean to be anti-christmas i'm just saying that it doesn't need to be so rigid on 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 um on it so cy bob said 86 days till christmas so it's 86 more days for those that are counting (laughs) start your counting all right well dave once again thank you for joining uh, me on the show and, and helping out and hosting and you can listen to Dave on the Cultum Collective every Sunday at 2pm live on TalkShoe. He's also, um, you can also catch the show on, on um, iTunes when if you don't listen live with um, he and Ian uh, do this show called the Cultum Collective so um, and I always appreciate yep. And if I sure. can just give one shout out to a, uh, an episode that's not Doctor Who related because I know a lot of people that are uh, interested in Doctor Who also watch Star Trek. We did an interview with uh, Houston Huddleston, who's the guy who's bought the uh, Star Trek Next Generation uh, bridge. Oh, that's fantastic. Store it. Is that episode uh, live on your feeds now? It is, cultum.com, yeah. And uh, if you go to the... I mean, they've got a, a couple of uh, sites. They've got one called uh, newstarship.com, and they've got a, a page dedicated to that did on, they rescue uh, this from the las the, vegas star trek exhibit um the the star trek experience was this rescued from the vegas one? Oh, i gotta well, listen it, to i it, I, oh, I have to listen to your it, show yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah. all right but, yeah no i i have to say that i you know and i i've said this before on our show that you know i did visit uh the vegas star trek experience before it was actually just two weeks before they they closed down so i got there just in time and it's an incredible experience standing there on the bridge of, you know, the, the galaxy class starship, you know, the, from the next generation, next generation, you know, on, on the bridge of the Enterprise. It's um, it's and, and unfortunately, they wouldn't allow anyone to take photos when we were there. I mean, it's like it's two weeks before closing. It's not like we're going to like spoil business for them. And, and like no one's going to come because I shared pictures of what it looks like. You know, we all know what the bridge looks like. So what's the big deal? But anyway, that was the rule. And I couldn't take pictures. And um, I mentally had <laughs> taken pictures in my head, which I'll never forget, you know, because it's such an impression just standing on the bridge of the Enterprise. It's something that you don't want to forget. So um, but there you have it now. If well, I have to listen to the show. But if, if they're reconstructing the bridge, Maybe I'll have another opportunity to stand on that bridge. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so that's on the feed right now. Quantum Collab to check check it out. Uh, I know um, they they also have a Twitter account too because they 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 started following me. I followed them back as well. So um, I, I don't know what their Twitter feed is off handle or off off the handle off whatever off hand. <laughs> I think it's new, new Starship. Um, that probably makes sense. Let me just uh, put it in. Yeah, the new Starship. All right. Well, until next week, then, um, until October, <laughs> we'll see you then. Um, Dave, once again, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And um, don't blink. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. What's Rory doing in a book? He went to get coffee. Pay attention. He went to get coffee and turned up in a book. How does that work? I don't know. We're in New York. <laughs>